Coming up, I'm going to give you the number one conversation hack of truly influential people, and then we'll break down how you can apply it so that you're connecting better, deeper, and winning because of it. Let's go. Helping you win at work so that you can win in your life. I'm Ken, your coach. Let's get into this. So what is the number one conversation hack that I see everywhere I see influential people? If you just study influential people, I mean influential. Now, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole on this, but there's a difference between a truly influential person and a person who is successful and powerful. Because I know a lot of powerful, successful people who don't truly influence anybody. They just wield the power that their money and position allow them to wield. I'm talking about the type of person, you you know who I'm talking about, they they, when they speak, people really listen because they want to, and they have this ability to, to move people, to move their hearts and minds. So what is the number one conversation hack? Here it is. To make people feel heard. I mean, this is hanging out with your friends. This is talking with coworkers, your spouse, your children, your customer. Any conversation, if you want it to yield real connection and thus influence, you must make the other person feel heard. It's a great quote that I that I want to share with you today by a guy named Richard Fort. This is so great. He said, when people realize that they are being listened to, they tell you things. <laughs> now, I don't know how you take that quote, but when I read it, and it was just recently, I came into a production meeting and I told Alex, I was like, I, 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 I got to share this. Because I read it and it hit me like this. There's tremendous depth in that simple statement. Listen to it. When people realize they are being listened to, they tell you things. Now, it just couldn't be any more simple. And yet, the depth of that statement is absolutely true. Just for a moment, can you take yourself to a recent conversation where the person that you were talking to, they were staring a hole in you. You felt like they saw you to your soul. You remember that? Did you find yourself just vomiting information? How many of you have ever been with a, a, a counselor or a therapist and you were amazed after the session or maybe even in the midst of the session at how they got you to just share stuff? You felt like they were pulling a string and you've never met them before. You hadn't done a session with them before or you'd only been with them a couple of sessions and you felt like they just could pull a string and all of a sudden you just started sharing. I'll never forget one of the early moments of my history. I've gone and seen multiple counselors as I've lived in different places in the country. I'll never forget. I was very apprehensive. I didn't 
I, I didn't feel comfortable with this idea. I knew I needed to get healthy in some areas. And so I was there willingly. But, you know, as you start that conversation, you don't know what to expect. And so with the unknown, there's so much fear. And, and I'll never forget. I was having this great conversation with this therapist and he's leading me along in the process and, and we're talking and I, I know he's leading me somewhere, but I don't know hundred percent where, and he's getting me to share and I'll never forget. He asked a question and it changed my entire emotion. I'm free wheeling, talking. He's getting to know something about me and we're talking and all of a sudden he asked me a question and it took me to an emotional place where I was like, Oh, and the follow-up question tears i couldn't even answer the question it was that quick now if you've ever experienced that before where you just were sharing 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 and all of this emotion just comes out of you begin to share 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 what is happening in that moment is you feel a certain amount of safety to where you can just let it all come out well professional counselors are trained in this therapists are trained in this and they know how to make a client a patient feel hurt and it is exactly what richard ford said when your child your spouse your co-worker the people that you lead feel as though you are really listening to them then they trust you enough to actually share real information with you because they feel seen, they feel heard, and now they're willing to let you understand them. This is a transfer of trust. They trust you enough to trust themselves to share with you something they would not share if it was a surface level conversation now let's just look at the world of work the experience you've had to this point the experience that others have and they tell you about it you lead people you've been led i just think we are in a culture where we don't really feel listened to if you look at why people leave and i share this data all the time people leave leaders because they don't feel as though they have an opportunity they don't feel valued they don't feel recognized for their unique contribution they don't feel they're in a seat that they are designed to be in and they hold the leader the leadership responsible and they leave okay so all of this can be dealt with if people feel as though their leader is listening to them, that their coworkers are listening to them. Because when they feel seen or heard, they feel safe, they feel understood, and they feel like maybe they belong, and they might be willing to stay. Well, let's just look at the way we listen to each other. How about just our world? We text each other in the same room. Not look at each other, we're not talking. We'll sit in meetings and instead of looking at everybody in the eye, looking at the person that's talking, we're in our computer, we're on our phones. We're not looking at each other. That's not active listening. We email, we chat. We have all these alternatives for just human-to-human contact to look each other in the eye, 
to be present in the moment? What happens? What's the cost of employees not feeling recognized or heard because they're not listened to properly? What's the what's the what's the the pour out? What happens? Well, decreased productivity. We're at all time low in productivity. Job dissatisfaction is at all time high. Low commitment. People leaving jobs all the time. We just came out of a, a prolonged period of the great resignation that's slowing down now as people are worried about what this economy is going to do. Are we going to move into recession? Can I get another job? But all of this comes down to one thing. When people feel listened to, they tell you things. And when they tell you things, they trust you. And when they trust you, they'll follow you. They'll stay with you longer. So this is not just a leadership lesson. This is for every one of us. So coming up next... How do we start listening better? I'm going to unpack it. Don't move. Hey, I want you to stop right now and just listen to this. I want you to imagine life four months from now, but you're actually making a starting salary of $75,000. Bethel Tech has a front-end web development micro-credential that you can earn in just 15 weeks for only five thousand dollars coding skills are in high demand right now and you learn them in less than four months so whether you want to level up your career and salary or you've always wanted to be in tech you can get started on bethel tech's front-end web development micro-credential or a data science micro-credential another hot field now's the time let's go the next class actually is right around the corner march 18th is when it starts and bethel tech is going to offer you as a ken coleman show listener 10 percent off so go to betheltech.net slash ken coleman for details Terms and conditions apply. Helping you win at work so you can win at life. I'm your coach, counselor, and cheerleader. I go by Ken. Good to have you with us. Hey, if you're enjoying the show uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, would you... Uh, like the videos uh, that you're enjoying, and this video may be one of them, and uh, then uh, subscribe and share. All of that helps us grow, and we're seeing tremendous growth, and um, you uh, are the greatest level of credibility that anybody could have. If you're liking and subscribing and sharing, um, that goes a long way. Thank you. Also, if you are listening via the podcast, would you follow us? That's the new metric there to give us a follow and uh, subscribe and share an episode that you think will help someone else if it, as it has helped you. So thank you very much for helping us grow. All right. So the number one hack that great influencers use in their conversations is they just are great listeners. One way you could say this is is they make the other person feel as though they are deeply interested. So how can we start listening to people in a way that they tell you things, things that matter? Again, this is for your spouse. This is for your child. This is for your coworker, the people you lead, customers. How do we do this? We have to listen deeply. Now, I don't think most of us listen deeply. And in just a moment, I'm going to unpack what that actually looks like. But I think most bad listeners, people that don't have much influence at all, and they rely on positional influence, um, they, they tend to come across as manipulative, uh, whatever the situation is, it's because instead of listening, they're reloading. 
So here's my question for you today. If you look across your conversations, are you listening or are you reloading? I saw this in a Psychology Today article and I liked it. And I think that's a really good way of putting it. I think most leaders get into leadership challenges or communication issues when they become a leader who listens to reload, not to learn. And, and, and what this looks like, and boy, have I been guilty of this before. And when I'm in an argument, I tend to take on the reloading posture. Why? Because I'm trying to defend something. And so instead of listening to learn and to understand my wife, there are times where I will listen to reload, to go, she's not getting what I'm saying. Oh, she just said this, this, and this, and I got to repeat what I said before. And instead of listening to learn, to understand her, I am listening to come up with my next thought, to go, well, you didn't hear this, so let me say it again, right? And I think that we all fall into that if we're not careful. So the question for all of us today is, do you listen to learn, to understand the other person, to learn from them, to understand their perspective, to learn just simply about them? Or are you listening to reload and it's just your next thought? And all you've got in your mind while they're talking is your next thought. Boy, that's very convicting. So how do we not do that? This is intentionality. We listen deeply. Here's what I mean by listen deeply. Two thoughts. Ask intentionally. Listen intently. Ask intentionally. What does that mean? I'd like you to start using questions as an invitation to the person that you're talking with. An invitation to connect. You don't say it that way. That would be creepy. Hi, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I invite you to connect here. All right? <laughs> no, no. But you're taking on this posture of, I'm, I'm asking questions to make this conversation and make me inviting to them. Think about that. If you're truly trying to have a conversation with some depth and get somewhere in the conversation, whether it be a job interview, if you're interviewing someone, or you're walking through something difficult with your spouse or your children or a coworker or someone you lead, This idea of creating an invitation is a wonderful, wonderful metaphor. I'm asking intentional questions of you. I've thought about it ahead of time, and I'm thinking about it in the moment. So here's how we can do this, and we automatically will make the person feel invited to be heard. And they tell you things. So I wrote down two little hacks here on this in asking intentionally. You must show them that you're interested in them and then you must go deeper. So the questions are intentional, but it is truly interested in learning about them, their feelings, their situation, whatever. And then when they begin to tell you, you stay there when it's necessary you don't necessarily ask the next two or three questions. You ask a question, they begin to reveal something to you, go deeper. Okay, give an example. So you're sitting with somebody, a coworker, you go, hey, how's everything going over here at this new project? They begin to tell you. 
instead of moving on to the next question that is, and again, I love that you're interested in what they're doing, but go a little bit deeper there. So they begin to tell you. And so maybe they reveal, you know, it's uh, it's been a tense week because we set some goals and then we had some technology fail and this happened, this happened, this happened. So instead of moving on and going, oh man, that stinks. How about going, what kind of mindset did that put you in? Where did that stress you? Whoa. Okay, now, now, now we just went deeper. So we found out, so they revealed something. Last week was a tense week. How did it affect you? What, are you, what concerns you about that? Now, now, you see what just happened? I'm still interested in them, but I've gone deeper. That's the idea of asking intentionally to be thoughtful in the moment and go deeper. And, and now what's happening is you are making them feel seen and heard, and you are inviting them into a true connection. Now, the second part of, of this was listen intently. Focus. I always like to teach to listen with the body, and that starts with the eyes. Look them in the eye. Some people, you're very uncomfortable doing this. I get it. Some of you are, but look them in the eye. Now, I'm not talking creepy. Please blink, okay? Uh, just a little coaching note there. Blink, but look them in the eye. And not only look them in the eye, show them that you're engaged with your body. Well, let me give you an example. We're going to look at this camera here at Nathan, so let's keep it right here for a second. And, and, and let's just assume for a moment, for those of you that are watching, I want you to just get this. I'm looking at you right now, and you are talking to me. Now, if I just am quiet and I don't blink, it's creepy. And I got creeped out looking at me. It's creepy. Okay, now I'm blinking, which means I'm actively engaged. But I'm also, I'm also with my head. I'm nodding. Not too much, or else it looks like you're hurrying them along. But I'm nodding. I'm leaning in. My face is reacting to them. If they share something that is that was tense for them, my face should reciprocate like this. Mm. Right? If they say something that they are amused by, my face should reciprocate that emotion. And what is happening here is mirroring. Now, I don't want to get too deep down the rabbit hole here, but this is the idea of listening intently. I'm engaged. They can see that I'm engaged. Now, when people sense that that you are really listening, and I just gave you the example of how that comes across, the questions you're asking, the follow-up, I'm listening with my whole body, here's what happens. They feel seen and heard. And this is so important. Keep in mind, I mean, Maslow's hierarchy, hierarchy of needs, you know, talks about this. We we want to sense longing, a belonging, and we want to be loved. And in in listening this way, People will feel this way. So why am I teaching on this hack? How does this impact you where you are right now? Very simple. Your ability to influence is increased by your level of interest. I'll say it again. Your ability to expand your influence personally and professionally is directly related to to the level of interest you can show people. So your influence increases when I show interest in people. It's listening. When people realize they're being listened to, they tell you things. When people tell you things, that means they trust you and you've got an opportunity to influence. So one challenge this week, try this over lunch or coffee.
right, time to coach some people up here. We want you to win in your work so you're winning in your life. And uh, one of the ways that we do that is I've created a tool that has now helped tens and tens of thousands of people. It is the Get Clear Assessment. If you've been listening or watching this show at all, you've probably heard me talk about purpose and that unique contribution that you can make in the world of work is not this very difficult, impossible thing to figure out if you have the right methodology. If you know what you do best, that's your talent, which you can then hone into sharpened skills. So you know what you do best and you know what work you love to do. And you know what results of that work most motivate you. We call that talent, passion, and mission. I use what I do best to do what I love to produce results that matter to me. And if I'm doing that, the majority of my day, I am going to be very fulfilled, certainly if I'm in a healthy environment. All right, so that's the methodology. Well, how do you figure that out? Well, you can walk through that on your own, as I outline in my book, From Paycheck to Purpose. But the assessment does it for you. I ask you the questions. Our team developed these questions based on this methodology. It takes you about 20 minutes, and it's going to spit out a very clear report giving you specifics. These are the areas that I'm most talented. This is the type of work I love, and these are the results that motivate me. I don't have to get out of bed with a gruff. I'm, boom, I'm ready to go, right? And uh, that detailed report is also then distilled down into a purpose statement that becomes your North Star so that you're always working on purpose. It's called the Get Clear Assessment. Get it at kencoleman.com slash assessment, kencoleman.com slash assessment. Let's go to Wilmington, North Carolina, where James is on the line. James, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, Ken, how are you doing today? I am living the dream, James. How can I help? Well, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for everything y'all do at Ramsey Solutions. Thank you. Um, the, the baby steps, the the books, I mean, have been tremendously helpful and have been a blessing to my wife and I. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Thank you, sir, for your kind words. Well, how can I help you? Um, so I have about 10 years of experience in my field, um, and I have been looking for a job for about six months now. I'm currently not working and I'm starting to get anxious and sure. frustrated. Yeah. I understand um, that, man. It starts I, to feel I'm, personal, I'm, like something's wrong with you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. Well, first of all, nothing's wrong with you. What is the field that you're in? So local government, parks and recreation. Okay. And are, is that administrative or is it a different role? Mm, it can be administrative. Um uh, sometimes it's boots on the ground and you're doing activities with families or sometimes you're okay. doing uh, administrative tasks. All right, and you've been in that field, parks and rec, local government, uh, for 10 years? Yes, sir. Okay. And and uh, why are you no longer in that field? What happened? Well, um, <laughs> so I moved my family from across the state okay. uh, to take a job here at the beach. Okay. And about a year into that role, I determined that it was not wise for me to continue in that role. Okay. And I self-selected to remove myself from the organization. Okay. And uh, this was I local listened. government, Parks and Rec? Yes, sir. And so you said, I'm out? Yes, sir. But you didn't have anything to go to? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, 
I don't think you need me to point this lesson out, but I think it's a good reminder for our audience. Uh, unless you are being physically abused or there's something crazy happening, I would stay until I have another position to step into for this very reason. So now here you are in Wilmington, North Carolina, and do you have any other local government options that you've been pursuing? Catch me up. Uh, yes, I um, I have had um, uh, about a half a dozen interviews uh, over over the course of the last um, four to six months, and um, it, I've gotten some good face to face, but no offers. Okay, well, so you're uh, losing the competition right now. Yeah, let's just call it what it is. They're interviewing other people. Call what it is. Yeah, yep. and uh, so these are are these jobs though that you were qualified for, or were they outside of your range of experience? Um, I'm 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 qualified for what I'm interviewing for. Um, I, I know some t- you know some of the roles I've gone back and looked who gets the job, and um, you know some you know it's, I don't know if it's a helpful exercise to compare, but it's not. Know, but but here's my uh, question. Uh, you left Parks and Rec where you are, so my guess is you're not applying for jobs within that same department. You're applying for jobs in other local government departments. Am I right, or am I wrong? Yes, sir. You're correct in that. Right, yes. but you've got 10 years of experience. If I look at your resume, all I'm going to see is a decade of Parks and Rec type work. True or false? True. All right. So you're applying for what though? What are these other positions you've applied for? Um, assistant director. Um, Event specialist, recreation specialist. Oh, for different um, departments? Yes, sir. Okay, got it. All right, so here's the deal. Um, I don't know what's going wrong in that you are at least getting interviews. Now, when people call the show and go, I can't even get a call back, I know what they're doing wrong. They aren't using real relationship connections to get that recommendation to that hiring manager so that they've got more to work with than just your resume. As I've said before on the show, a resume is worthless without a relationship. So that's not your situation. Your situation is you're getting interviews. You're just not beating the competition. And absent of feedback, which I don't know that you have, I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if there's a disconnect between um, you've been in one particular lane for 10 years and I don't want to offend anybody in local government, so. but I've got to be honest. Local government is not known for its creativity and innovation and ability to think outside the box. I get it. <laughs> Do you think that that's possible, that you're getting pigeonholed as, well, he's been a Parks and Rec guy, and he's qualified on paper, but he hasn't done this over here? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Um. You know, again, some some of the folks that have been offered these positions, um, I, I think, you know, maybe they knew somebody. I, th- I think you one think? of the situations that was the case. Yeah. Okay, so now we're getting somewhere. So it, this is yeah. coming back to at least you're getting interviews. But if it's you in an interview, okay, and you have no personal recommendation that's attached to you, and what I mean by that is this. You go in for one of those positions, you're in there. And before the interview ever happened, you reached out to Fred over in Parks and Rec who really liked you, and you have Fred call that person up because Fred has actually known the the person who's interviewing you for seven years. And Fred goes, let me tell you something about James. 
the hiring yeah. manager, if they're interviewing you and someone else, and it's not really distinguishable that one of you is the better candidate than the other, and you're kind of close, who do you think they're going to choose? Uh, the, the person they have an emotional connection with already. All right, so let me just boil down my advice uh, to three things. Number one, nothing's wrong with you. I don't think you've been going about this with the best strategy. So again, okay. nothing's wrong with you. You aren't damaged goods. I understand that right now you are disappointed and discouraged, and that's a scary place to be in. But I'm asking you to to let me believe in you. So can I transfer some of my belief into you to tell you there's nothing wrong with you? You just haven't been going about it the wrong the right way. Number two thing I need to tell you. You need to start really working your relationships. You need to ask for help. All right. There's nothing wrong with saying, man, I, I need a relationship connection, man. And then number three, I think you need to start looking outside of government. I think you need to look in the private sector uh, for companies in your area that it's pretty obvious they've been trying to get help. I just do some research. You'd be surprised what your government experience in, in parks and rec and relationships and, 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 and administrative work and organizing work and functions and all that kind of stuff. You need to translate that to the private sector and believe that those skills and that experience is usable in other places. And that's where I'd be looking quickly. This is The Ken Coleman Show. Press on. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.